0: That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Welcome back to Live Mike. We are into the final hour of today's program as we march towards... The first presidential debate. You will be able to hear it live here on KSL News Radio this evening. Uh, also, you will hear, moderated by KSL's own Doug Wright, the debate between gubernatorial candidates here in the state of Utah. A lot of political excitement here on the horizon. But right now, uh, the focus is on Utah's third congressional district. This segment, which uh, we air uh, periodically, each uh, opportunity we get, we sit down and have a chat with uh, a candidate and you know the the candidates all have their websites and they uh, make their positions known and and we'll certainly get into some of that during this conversation as we have in the past but uh, my main focus here uh, I, I like the details I like the inside baseball I like what's going on behind the curtain And so these candidates, many of them have made themselves uh, available very generously. I know their time is uh, valuable. And we sit down and we say, "Okay, uh, so today is a a Tuesday. We're in the midst of this COVID-19 pandemic. You are in the midst of an effort to convince uh, possible voters that you are best suited, best prepared and best situated to represent them uh, in in whatever capacity. And as I mentioned, uh, this conversation focuses on Utah's 3rd Congressional District. And we are now joined uh, by the nominee for the Democratic Party, Devin Thorpe, who joins me now. Devin, sir, how are you?
0: I'm great, Lee. Thanks so much for having me. It's an honor. It's an
1: honor. Well, uh, I'm grateful to you for your time. Uh, As I mentioned, I know your time is uh, valuable. uh, So let's get right into it. Tell me, just give us a, a refresher. Introduce yourself to the audience, please. Who are you?
0: Well, Lee, you and I have a lot in common because you and I both worked on Capitol Hill, you very recently, but that's kind of how uh, one of the key jobs I had in, early in my career was working for Senator Jake Garn on the uh, Senate Banking Committee staff. So uh, I think you can probably relate to that sense you have working on Capitol Hill that every day you get up, you do something that matters. Uh, and uh, I'm grateful for that experience. It really uh, is, uh, you know, kind of a uh, a guiding star in my career and I've always sought to have impact and do good in the world in part because of that great experience on Capitol Hill. Let me ask like you this
1: having having worked for Jake Garn do you think that uh that he deserves to has have his name uh born by the Salt Lake International Airport?
0: I think that is a brilliant idea. You know, he was uh, a fighter pilot and an astronaut. You know, there is no better way to recognize and remember Jake Garn, and there is no better person in Utah, I think, to uh, associate with that wonderful new airport that we've got.
1: Now, interestingly, uh, Jake Garn, a uh, member of the Republican Party, you, sir, today find yourself a member of the Democratic Party. Can you? Was there a transition at some point for you?
0: Yeah, well, yes, uh, th- there was. And, you know, I'm so grateful for the things that I learned from Jake Garn. You know, when I was In Washington, it was just at the peak of what was known as the Keating 5 scandal associated with the broader uh, savings and loan uh, debacle. And it was interesting to dig in a little bit to understand why Jake was exempt from that. And it was quite simply that Charles Keating had come with his offer of money. Uh, to just about every senator connected uh, directly or indirectly to, to banking regulation, and Senator Garn turned him down. He smelled the problem and, and uh, smelled the conflict and turned the money down. And I think that kind of character, uh, you know, is lacking in Washington. And I I want to bring that kind of character back to Washington uh
1: because I,
0: you know he taught me that and i want to believe i learned that from him mm.
1: I, I am curious about the, the day-to-day operations of your campaign. I, I can't imagine that when you made this big decision to seek out uh, a seat in the U.S. House of Representatives that you imagined that you would be embarking on that effort in the midst of a global pandemic which would upend all of your strategy, all of your plans, all of the tactics that you a- had probably presumed you'd be uh, using to communicate with voters and get the message out. W- what does that mean for the campaign today? How do you... Uh, day-to-day go about communicating with folks?
0: Well, you know, it's interesting. I almost felt like I've had an unfair advantage. Uh, for the last nearly a decade, I've worked as a uh, uh, new media journalist. Uh, I was a regular Forbes contributor, had a podcast and a YouTube show. And so I was accustomed to all of the technologies and practices, and frankly, I already had a, a big audience on social media. And so I have leaned into that uh you know, experience and that audience to build, uh, my campaign. And so it has felt remarkably natural only because I've never, this is my first time being a candidate. So I've done just what seemed natural. It's been a good fit and, and we've been able to really build a following and an audience and, uh, some support and, and we're excited. Uh, you know, I know we're, we're down in the polls going into the last 35 days here, but, um, We'll be on television. We're, we're doing a lot of great things. And so we think this, this particular race in many respects is just about to begin mm. rather than end.
1: All right. We're speaking with... Uh, Devin Thorpe a uh, Democratic nominee for Utah's third congressional uh, district race uh, on the line now uh, speaking with us uh, during this segment we call a day in the life uh, covid 19 and other realities that we are facing here in 2020 has changed really the nature uh, temporarily uh, I hope uh, the the nature <laughs> of political campaigning uh, let me ask you this final question before we before we go to break and again thank you for your time uh, let's say uh, let's say you are able to successfully convince the voters within Utah's third district that you uh, are the one uh, that they that they need to to have representing them in Washington, D.C. You head off to Washington. It is day one. you, you got to turn your homework in, which is your first piece of legislation. Where are you starting?
0: I think we start with campaign finance reform. I think there is such an opportunity for us to take uh, some of the big money out of politics you know, uh, Congressman Bishop uh, never raised a lot of money, and I don't mean that as an insult. I think you know from working with him better than I do uh, that that he was not one that was uh, you know big into that corporate dollar, corporate money thing. I hope you uh, would agree that that corporate money in in politics has a potentially corrupting influence, and I'd sure like to see us get that out so that. that Our representatives are accountable not to corporate interests, but to their constituents.
1: Corporate money, you mean – how do you mean exactly? Well,
0: corporate PACs especially, right? But uh, the Citizens United uh, uh, Supreme Court ruling a few years ago uh, allowed for new uh, corporate funding to come into politics – And uh, I do worry that that uh, has a corrupting influence on our politics. And I'd like to see us get back to uh, people uh, being more uh, responsible uh, rather than uh, corporations. Uh, You know, I'm a capitalist. Let's be clear. Uh, I've spent my whole life or most of my career in business, uh, uh, small and large, and helping people grow businesses and invest capital. I'm a capitalist, but uh, I do see a difference between corporations and people, and I want to see people holding their representatives to account.
1: All right. Well, let that be the last word. Devin Thorpe, a Democratic nominee in the race for Utah's third uh, congressional district seat, uh, joining us for this segment we call A Day in the Life. Uh, sir, thank you for your time. Uh, best of luck to you thank out you. on the campaign trail. Stay safe and healthy. We're going to take a quick break. And when we return, we are going to keep our eyes glued to the House of Representatives. There was a fascinating plea put out to Democrats by Speaker Pelosi uh, just yesterday. She wrote a letter addressed to her Democratic caucus, which you're not going to believe this, which is preparing for the possibility of a tie in the Electoral College. You and I have discussed this in the past. Now Speaker Pelosi thinks it's a possibility. We'll get into the ramifications of that next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. A
0: stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence.